Oh, it's not even going to show a video for us. Yeah, well, that's maybe yeah, better. That yeah, is better. better. Yeah. Better. yeah. <laughs> All right. It's already better. Yeah, wonderful. So just, uh, that doesn't even exist. All right. So if you guys would, please introduce yourselves. Jennifer Shields, principal at Perry Elementary. Ryan Myrick, third grade teacher, Windsor Hills in Putnam City. Mallory Klein, third grade teacher, Norman and Teresa Jones, a Title I math teacher, kindergarten through sixth grade at Perry. At Perry. All right. So a couple of folks from Perry, and you, for, both of you in the middle, Ryan and Mallory, formerly taught at Perry, and now you're, you're, you've left. Yes. To, much to their dismay. Yes. yes. And to, the, and to the, <laughs> the, the benefit of Putnam City and Norman. Yes. They'll, they'll be lucky to have you. So our, um, I just want to give people who do listen to this or watch it, I recap, we, I met you guys just yesterday at the Vision 2020 conference here in Oklahoma City, and we went to the OK Math Ed Camp, which one of the topics that folks decided they wanted to talk about was perseverance, and that's where you guys and I got to have a really great chat. So today we'll just talk a little bit more about perseverance and what does that look like in the classroom, and uh, just hear some of your thoughts on it. So uh, let's start there. What is what is perseverance? What, is that, what does that mean to you? And let's just see what, where that takes us. When I think of perseverance, I think of... Let's be really loud. Oh, yeah. When I think of perseverance, I think of pushing kids to continue to fight through solving something until they get to a final product. It doesn't happen in five minutes, usually. It happens over periods of time. I usually think of perseverance. Math is not the first thing that comes to mind for me. When I think of it in my own classroom, I think of it as far as like what Teresa said about solving a problem, but I think of the playground and like working on something, anything, um, pushing through to either figure it out or make it better. And Teresa, you're a K through five Title I math teacher. Is that accurate? K through six. K through six Title mm-hmm. I math teacher. So you experience kind of all grade levels. Right. And then Mallory, uh, you, I was second, and then I'm going. Okay, so. so second and third grade, and so your experience perseverance is a little bit broader. So, and then Ryan is—is is that consistent with the way you feel about it? Pretty much. Um, my initial feeling, actually, when I think of perseverance, we spoke yesterday about um, applying it to reading. I just think of a sustained amount of time focused on an activity and working through it for a solution. Mm-hmm. But my initial thought was on um, like reading time, like your dear time or your silent reading time, being able to. Um, stay engaged in something for um, an amount of time until your um, goal is accomplished. Is it easy? Is it easy to teach or get students to? No. No. <laughs> well, no? It really no. depends on the child because some kids have that just innate ability. They care. They want to work through something and other kids could care less. One of to me, one of the best perseverance lessons I've ever done, and I've done this with second grade all the way up to seventh grade students, is um, Journey North has a website that has all kinds of activities that they can do, and um, we always do mystery class. And mystery class is using math and science to um, find 10 mystery sites in the world based on um, the sunrise and sunset time and calculating uh, the movement of our planet from one uh, 
longitude line to another, which takes about four minutes. So there are all kinds of calculating and all kinds of data that they have to gather. And in the beginning, they know what they're doing. They know what their goal is, but they really have to fight through, I'm just collecting data. What does this mean? What am I doing with this? What is it telling me? And they don't, you know, they don't see the fun in it in the beginning. <laughs> and so I have to keep encouraging, but, but we're going to find out. It's going to get exciting. We're going to have our clues. And it's just interesting data, but so what to them? And then once they get to that point where we're actually using, you know, we have to wait until the first day of spring in order to even find out what our longitude line is. Until then, we're just gathering data. So on the first day of spring, now we know it is on this line and what hemisphere it's in. So now you have a quartile of this is where it is. So you have what I hear you talking about are really also sustained projects. I mean, I think sustained I think about pers perseverance. perseverance. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is just a different kind. You know, there's, there's the, I've got a problem and I need to solve this problem um, and fighting through to the end. But then there's the sustained problem, too, of where are these 10 mystery places? Mm -hmm. I have to locate them, but I have to gather this data over time and just fighting through. Because they want to, if it wasn't for encouragement, they want to give up. They want to quit. They find it so-so. So what, what is it that makes a child more or less likely to want to persevere? Exciting. Engaging. Engagement. Some type of motivation to and feeling the reward. Their teacher. The teacher does. That, that yeah. encourages Plays a huge teacher. role. The teacher's yeah. enthusiasm. Uh, the teacher's motivation. The teacher's um, inspiration. Inspiring those kids. Then they want to they want to do it. They'll do whatever you ask them to do because they want to make you happy. And it's the same for adults if you think about it. it I mean, I'm working kind of with obviously with the children, but also with the adult aspect of it. And to have them persevere can be challenging as well because sometimes you feel frustrated as a teacher and you want to give up. But my job then is to motivate, to encourage them to take risks. And to support them, even when sometimes they're using every excuse in the book or they're mad at you for pushing them, you've got, you've got to persevere as an administrator and, and push them and encourage them to keep at it, keep going. Because eventually they're going to see the kids. They're going to see them get it. They're going to see them engage. They're going to see them so busy with something and caught up with something that they're going to see the aha moments of them learning. And then they're going to catch fire and go, this is, this is what I want to do. Right. This so, is the so, way I want it so to be. So part of it is the teacher has to persevere in teaching perseverance. Yes. Absolutely. And it sounds like uh, there are a lot of ways to teach perseverance, a lot of these ideas. And I feel like some of the things you guys were talking about yesterday led us to, to think about the multiplier Remember you, so Ryan, mm -hmm. would you explain, because I feel like that was, I didn't get to go to the multiplier session. So will you explain briefly um, what the multiplier was and sure. all of that kind of stuff? So basically you could be a diminisher or a multiplier and diminishers are going to do things that um, kind of um, shut out your ability to want to contribute or to continue doing, um, persevering essentially, or just being a part of a collaboration group. Um, but a multiplier, they're going to be more like open-ended type questions rather than just telling you what they know or expecting a certain thing for you. They're letting you explore, I guess. It's very much about exploring and, and guiding you where you need to go um, through mostly questioning and, and just free exploration. 
And facilitating. And facilitating, yeah. Guiding, guiding it. I mean, you have your outcome yes. in mind. Um, but it's just encouraging, um, rather than your, your the, the session was called um, Genius First Genius Maker. And rather that you're the genius and you know it all, you're actually using your knowledge to help others um, expose their knowledge and use their knowledge. So on the, I, you know, of course there's a, um, so it's challenging sometimes to see what you're good at and not good at as a classroom teacher, right? If you, maybe if, I don't know, have you ever been filmed teaching? Yes. It's like the worst thing ever, right? Very hard. Um, There are like lots of videos out there right now of me teaching on this one website and I hate it. I hate it. It's so hard to see. Um, so Maybe there's an advantage though of seeing that because sometimes it's sometimes oh, you don't realize. Absolutely, so that could be. So Critiquing maybe maybe you can talk a little bit about how you, Teresa, you are the one that said that you really started with um, uh, perseverance early on. So maybe explain to us kind of where perseverance as a topic came came uh, to your uh, awareness and how you kind of supported the development as well. Well. Probably initially for my parents, <laughs> yeah, because they pushed that in me. But but in education, because when I first started uh, in 1991, um, I didn't use it in my teaching as much. And then in 1994, I read uh, you know books more at a national level, mm-hmm. you know through NSTA and NCTM, and um, I started to see that kind of of um, teaching and and how it pulled so much more out of kids and uh, and it was hard like you say the videotaping and um and watching yourself teach that was really difficult and I looked really lousy at it but just not being worried about it not being scared to look at how awful I was helped me improve in pulling that stuff out of kids and then just setting that bar of, you know, I don't even know where you can go, but I'm going to take you as far as I can go. <laughs> and it was, it was amazing, Scott. It yeah. really was amazing. So there's a, a lot of swallowing the pride to begin with. Yes, oh, there yes. is. A lot. <laughs> hmm. The, uh, I, and I'll speak from experience. That's difficult. <laughs> I'm, I, uh, I have a lot of pride in my, I mean, I think a lot of teachers do, but I mean, it's something that you spend your whole time thinking about and planning and all this stuff. And you don't want anybody to tell you that maybe you could have asked better questions or yeah, not I given should. it away. It's as very hard. Uh, so, so on that line, Mallory, you talked yesterday a little bit more about um, demonstrating perseverance in your mm-hmm. conversations with the students. Would you just kind of mm-hmm. add a little more on that? Yeah, I taught perseverance more in my group work in my classroom because I used a lot of group work. We did a lot of group projects and sometimes I would pair the kids with kids I knew they weren't going to get along with in order to teach them how to discuss with each other and understand where each other was was coming from. Um, Because in a group setting, we went to a session yesterday about learning all different types. There were like nine different types of, um, I don't know, people, the way you handle a group project and Talking to, like, helping kids realize where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are kind of helps them bring that out in others. And persevering through the group work, even if you're not getting along with the kids, with, with the other 
current members, you have to persevere through that in order to get to the end goal. Yeah. Um, and in my classroom, I did a lot of questioning when there was arguing between kids. And I think as the teacher, you have to keep your cool. You can't let them see that you are frustrated with the fact that they're not getting along. You have to redirect them aside from their disagree, you know, their disagreements and get them to focus back on what they're doing. Yeah. So I think that what I see is there's a lot of finesse in it and that's probably the most important thing. And, you know, there's the whole like teaching is an art and a science and there's all that, but there's finesse in it. There's an ability to manage debate in a productive way, which I can see that. And I like one thing that you said, because you, just to bring it up, but uh, there was something you mentioned yesterday about not giving up on a child. So even when the, when the, when the kids are, um, maybe it's just as simple as being a, not just struggling in mathematics or a content, but just behaviorally, mm-hmm. any number of issues that they may have, just reassuring them. I, I will not give up on you. You cannot give up on yourself. And then reiterating that point that that's a version of perseverance. And that's mm-hmm. obviously a, a powerful characteristic for a teacher to, to have. So there's one, there are at least two other, well, there are a million other things I want to talk about, but for the sake of time, um, do you think that a curriculum focusing on perseverance is something that, that, that teachers should adopt or what are your recommendations? We kind of talked about that yesterday. As far as the curriculum goes, um, I think perseverance is more embedded in what you do. It has to be applied. I think that you can teach kids the vocabulary of what perseverance is and teach it to them while they're doing it, but I don't think that it being a separate curriculum is going to be beneficial to them as far as anything beyond the vocabulary and what it is. It needs to be applied in content area. They have to do it to know what it is and get the results and to continue to be motivated and learn what it is. And that's like anything else in any curriculum. Right. They learn it when they apply it. Right. And and a big part of being a teacher um, or an administrator is building uh, a positive climate and culture, whether that's in your classroom and and school-wide. You know, there's those different environments. But in your classroom, you're teaching those character education traits as part of your whatever you're teaching, reading, math, science, social studies. I mean, it's there to pull out constantly. And I feel it's very important to teach perseverance Regardless, there's not a curriculum that you're going to use to teach that. That is just a character trait that you're going to teach your children through building classroom community. And, and you're going to teach in your school through having school-wide positive climate and community. Something I've noticed, which is lovely about working with kids so many different ages, is in kindergarten and first grade and second grade, they can do anything. Anything. Just give it to me. I'll do it. Then you get up into fourth, fifth, and sixth, and they're they're kind of like, I'm stupid. It's like they give up on themselves at some point. I don't know where it happens. I don't know how it happens, but it's happening. And we so we maybe we really get away focus. from whenever you know one thing about our school that I I don't particularly always like is that we go to um, instead of being self-contained. We, we go to, um, you know, hours and periods. And um, that's where I think we start to lose some classroom community because we tend to focus on, well, my content area is reading, so i got to focus on reading or math. Or when in every class, every period, regardless, that classroom community has still got to be there and got to be taught. There ha- there's, 
There's nothing more important to me than giving up five, ten minutes a day to do a little community building and then get started with your lesson because it's still so critical really that those kids that. have that um, to internalize hmm. things like perseverance. And something else that um, helps build classroom community and perseverance is learning to tolerate failures within yourself. I talked about yes. that yesterday a little oh, bit. Yeah. And I wanted to touch back on that again because that's something I really focus, try to focus on in my classroom is being proud to admit that you made a mistake and this is where you made it and this is how you fixed it. Yeah. Um, it takes a long time to do that because kids, that's not something that they naturally do. Anybody naturally does, really. And so <clears throat> getting kids to accept that they made a mistake is and also part okay. of perseverance. Exactly. So exactly. Y- yeah, yesterday you were pointing out that you had students who by the end of the year or at least maybe by the second semester, we're starting to say, hey, I found my mistake. Exactly. And here's they what were it was. excited about it. They were proud to share with the class, this is what I did wrong, and this is how I fixed it. Yeah. So part of our discussion, just so that we can, we want to wrap up for time, uh, but part of the discussion that I, I left with really resonating about was the idea that in an English class, we're really um, comfortable with talking about a first draft. Mm-hmm. And in a math class, we rarely have this kind of conversation. We think about math being right and wrong. And if a student tries the, their problem and they get it wrong, we think about it being wrong, as opposed to being a first attempt. So we, we, we're kind of talking about maybe there's something powerful in creating a culture of perseverance by talking about mathematics as having drafts. Uh, and I, 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 I don't know, that feels to, interesting to me. Perspective. I love it. Yeah. I'm ready to use that terminology. <laughs> yeah. This is your first draft. Um, yeah. How are you going to revise it? You know, what yeah. can we, yeah. Well, then they further understand those terms when we use them across. Across the curriculum, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think I think that along with the five practices for orchestrating um, productive mathematical discussions, if, if 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 teachers could do anything for perseverance, I think they could find themselves um, in a, in a reading that book and becoming more proficient about orchestrating discussions that encourage students to be drafting problems and solutions and improving. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful book by uh, for book. folks listening. It's by uh, Margaret Smith and Mary Kay Stein. It's a recent book. Um, but it is just a wonderful process um, that is, I think, practical, giving teacher a, another thing in their toolbox that is easy to do, easy enough to do, right? I mean, it takes practice, it, but it, it it's does. easy enough. It's pretty easy. And yeah. it can really support what you all Well, and it also gives you your formative assessment and uh, gives your math, dis- gets your math discussion yeah. going. And, and math vocabulary is built perfect in. for yeah. drafting. You know, okay, we've worked it through this way. You know, now let's do some sharing. Now let's go back and revise yeah. what you did the first time. How do you see it now? How do you, would you work this now? I love all of that. Yeah. Well, I sincerely appreciate your time. Um, just so that uh, everybody knows, I'll, I'll, we'll have a blog post with all the information, all this kind of stuff. And I'll let make sure that people know where you guys are available. And if it's all right, I'll share a little bit of contact information. So if they have further questions, uh, they might be able to reach out. And then maybe we can also find some really good articles to point people to um, and other resources. So thank you for your time. I sincerely thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Yeah. You're listening to the Oklahoma Math Podcast.